as long as I get to be put in a toaster before buttering. Don't put buttered bread in a toaster. You'll set your house on fire. Yeah, well, I was you know, going to make a toast. little jelly on toast kind of joke. Uh, okay. Moving along. Welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lord Richter. And I'm Lady Toast. And we're here with episode 125, Diplomatic Endeavors. It's the episode Hooray. that does not condone regicide. It says we'll flip for it. I, is this a reference to something, or are they just making a joke? Well, regicide is the killing of kings and, and queens monarchs. Right. And and Oh, because Tarbophon is... Like, right, he's he's and, the leader of a country, and Erasne's a queen of Geb, and so that's where I picked up the you know the regicide from. Fair enough. I, you uh, know, like I'm, I said, I'm assuming that was the connection there. Yes, like I said, it's late night toast, and toast is exhausted. <laughs> All right, late night toast. Yeah, should I do this voice the entire? No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> All right, so we pick up the action. Where we left off on 124 with the army of Ozum coming army over. The, well, yeah, I guess right. It's the Knights of Ozum, right? But the right. army of Ozum's coming over. Last Wall has come to the party, and boom, we gotta we gotta turn them back. We gotta send Watcher Lord Althun back home, not to fight because it's gonna be bad for Arasni and company. So it's it's mostly just I guess bad for Arasni because she'd have to deal with two people slinging pointless arrows at her true true <laughs> and it, it's very obvious um that they think Erasny is some kind of vile betrayer somehow when you know the fact is they pissed geb off they got you know geb angry enough that he steals Erasny and raises her they did it not exactly Erasny. yeah but they've had they've had like 900 years of propaganda so you can't blame them yeah i mean you can yeah, still blame and- them but you know and they're supposed to be zealots, so they, you know, Alex does a good job of making them come off that way. I, I did like the thing where Alex, they start the role playing, and then Alex goes, "Okay, I don't want to bog this down right now," but of course, the explanation bogs it down right at that moment. Of course. And then, uh, but I, I thought he did a really great job of, of saying, "Hey, there's going to be some actual roles and some opportunity to, you know, influence these people, but let's keep role playing it out." Right. And uh, I thought that was super slick. And it, that got pulled off really well. I love. I, I like that the cinematic basically going on in the background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was. You know what? What I was really dying for. I was so dying to hear Alex doing Tarbafon talking to Arasni. <laughs> oh, the great you know, and powerful Tarbafon smacks you, Arasni, you vile thing. You know, I I wanted to hear it. Damn it! And I didn't get any of it. I mean, just just a, you know, occasionally a wisp coming in. You catch. You know, on on the wind, it carries the sound in and then, you know, do his voice. I was like, God, oh, I want that voice so bad. And, you know. I mean, Alex wouldn't ha- wouldn't do that voice, though. Alex is not Tarbafon. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Tarbafon was, was occupied at the time. But still, I mean, he he doesn't know how to project his voice. I think he does. He's, he's a, you know, a great and wonderful and very fair game master. Far more fair than, you know, Alex. So I think he could, you know, he knows how to project his voice. I think he knows how to make that happen in the middle of a fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the conversations as they're they're I love that in the background, by the way. Absolutely. You're right. That was fantastic. The conversations they were having as they're trying to influence people was just uh, to me was amazing. We don't bow to a Razney, <laughs> but you do qualify, you know, but, you know, we did qualify. You do qualify, Uhtred. For, you know, the mythic power to be used because you count as mythic minions. I mean, it was like just <laughs> boom, 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 all down the thing, you know. And and I love the whole detecting alignment, detecting alignment. And Uhtred goes, he's carrying Arasni's lungs. That doesn't make him bad. And I'm like, yeah, so not what they were doing, dude. Paladins and glowing eyes. That was not detecting the lungs. Yeah. So that was that was good. Tom was a sleeper, I thought, with Arginus. He uh, obviously he's playing. He's played Arginus great. 
to the hilt, but he was just downright convincing. I mean, his, his talking to him about, you know, if you go do this, you're just going to become undead and then you're yeah. just going to go kill your families. And then you're just, I mean, I was like, damn, Tom, hammer it home, baby, hammer it home. Yeah, I was surprised. Like- I was expecting it to be more chaotic and less coherent. <laughs> and it was chaotic, an argument. but very coherent. Yeah. I mean, the the Knights of Elvism had like, what, 30,000 troops here? Is that what they, they said they were? Yeah, something. I don't know what it was. Something it like was, it, it's nothing compared to Tar Baffon's forces in the area because they're outnumbered 20 to 30 to 1. So, right. So, in, in order to make a dent in, in Tar Baffon's army, every person in that, in the Knights of Elvism, has to take down uh, more than one. Right. Well, they have to take down 20 or 30 undead to, you know, equal well, it out. Well, to win, yes, to, to kill all of them. But, like, they're obviously not going to do that. So, like, if if the 30,000 Knights of Ozum fight and they each take out one of his minions, they've taken out 30,000 minions, which seems fine, except that they're simply going to be raised as those replacements. And they've basically done nothing. Oh, yeah. So in order to do any kind of damage to his army, they've got to at least take out more than one apiece. Right, to cause any kind of reduction. Yeah. Right. Well, and the zealousness of them was on display with the, we're prepared to die. And and as I'm hearing that, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, you're prepared to take the easy way out because then you won't be aware of how you're slaughtering your former families and this and that, you know, and you won't have to live with the, you know, any of the pain anymore. And I'm just like, I, I'll, I'll, I was thinking of uh, Emeritus and the flashback with Emeritus where he mm-hmm. kills, he kills the girl he's falling for because he doesn't want to feel the pain of betraying people. And I'm just like, Oh God. Yeah. You know, that's all I'm thinking of is you're just taking the You're taking the, the coward's way out. You're taking the easy way out. You're, you're, you know, ready to go run and do this. And you have no indication that Iomade is, going to kick in and you know grant you some sort of awesome divine boon to help you achieve this goal you have none of that and you're just going to run into the meat grinder anyway yeah and i mean i get it maybe the whole the whole we're prepared to die thing okay fine i got that the first time when when they kept bringing it up i just got really annoyed i did too i did too like it's like okay, yes, you're prepared to die. Yes, we are prepared to die. Okay, good, you're prepared to die. Yes, we're prepared to die. It's like okay, either get a new argument or move the fuck on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the yeah. only thing in this episode that like other than other than that, I loved the episode. I liked the role playing. I liked you know I thought they all did a really good job with their explanations and 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 they're you know trying to convince them. But the constant we're prepared to die. Yes, I got that. Believe me, I know you're prepared to die. <laughs> Right. And the uh. thing was, is the thing too is this was the leadership that says we're prepared to die. I mean, you know, leadership generally isn't the first guys killed in a right. battle, right? They're, you know, so really what they're saying with I'm prepared to die is I'm prepared to slaughter a bunch of my own people, you know, on this <laughs> foolish thing to, sh- to prove that I am dedicated to this cause, yeah. you know, because yeah. I don't care about them. Oh, man, What's, just... what? Okay. So the guy's name is what? Uh, uh, Lord Allfather. What's his name? Watcher Lord Althun. Watcher Lord Althun. He, he, his name might as well be Zap Brand again. <laughs> <laughs> I am prepared to send wave after wave of my own men. That's right. That's right. <laughs> wave after wave. I yeah, exploited I, their weakness. I have a kill right. in it. <laughs> uh, I did. Uh, so I liked dumb. how some of the people that were in the army popped up to, you know, kind of flashback, you know, kind of bring oh, some yeah, things yeah, together. Yeah. Like the, you know, we save these people from last wall or we save these people, you know, save the, the scouts in uh God, I can't remember the name of that castle. That was just basically a or fort when they first get into Verilich. Right. Or even the guy who's on the post and they, you know, get him off and send him on his way even though it was a boat that needed two people and they just put him in it and said, well, I hope you make it, bud. Yeah, I, I did like that. I I do kind of wonder now what all of those situations were. Like, did they miss any? Did they screw any of them up? Did they go the wrong way or whatever? So I guess that's kind of one of my questions that'll be in the retrospective, or at least I'm going to ask. Yeah, did, I'm, did they, I'm they miss anything? I, 
as you mentioned, the background fights going on and on and on. And you finally get to a point where they've, that when they do their roles and they, you know, by doing the roles, they convince the Watcher Lord's bodyguard to, you know, basically side with them that it's really actually smarter if we don't engage and we let the two liches fight it out. Right. And uh, so let's get out of here. Let's, let's head away. But in the background, I remember Tarbafon's in the air, Arazni's in the air, and Tarbafon like drops some little item. You know, we, we get to see that it's a small thing it drops. And I'm like, I remember I, thinking, what the hell is that? What kind of stupid oh, shit? And then all of a sudden I go, oh no, I knew the item. moment he did it. I knew no, the no, moment it, it he dropped it. It took me a second. It. When I heard it, I was oh, like, what the hell is like, this? And then as it, as, as, it's I'm all small item. And then I went, oh, shit, because then I knew, right? First, yeah. I didn't get it because he's oh. fighting Erasne. You know, why didn't you just open with the nuke? Because he wants to fight her. But like, no, the moment the moment yeah. he Alex said that he dropped a small glinting item. I'm like, oh, he's dropping a nuke. He's doing it. He's going to yeah. set well, it when off. Her- when, when he popped out, that's, you know, when he popped out, I was like, oh, crap, that's for sure. It. But I, I had an inkling that it was going to be bad. I thought maybe it would might be something for a fireball or something or some other effect. But oh, when it's he a popped fireball, out, all right. Well, yeah. When he popped out, I knew 100% what it was for sure. But I was I was afraid that's what it was going in because I, I, I had just that moment of what the hell is this shit? And then it was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. So then that thing goes off. Yep. And Erasne's coming in. Erasne gets enveloped, but it looks like she's trying to help the party. But then I remember hearing in the description that they could hear the sound of horses and men as the blast raged past them. Something like that. And I thought, oh, crap. Did he did he end up smoking that army from Ozum anyway? Oh, yeah. They're dead. They're absolutely dead. Oh, God. See, I hate that because that tells what that tells me is those guys are going to come back. And this time around, they're going to be like, yeah, bullshit. All those people died without ever striking a blow. We're never doing that again. Eh, maybe. I'm just going to... Some of them, at least. I think some of them will be back as bad guys. Maybe not in the employ of Tarbafon, but, you know, somehow they'll be back as bad guys. That's, a, that's definitely a good theory. I like that. I have another one I wanted to share at this moment before we, we get to the uh, the finish of the nuke and all this good stuff. I think I know why... Geb grabbed Erasne. Oh, oh yes, you mentioned this. I did in in chat. I did. So, so please enlighten. Geb is running an undead nation. Right. Tarbafon's running an undead nation. Uh huh. But Geb doesn't. He's not interested in like killing everybody and making them all undead. He's got some other angle he's playing, which we can't quite see because he's doing a lot of things like feeding his neighbors or feeding other countries. You know, not for free, mind you, not for free, but he's got that kind of trade going on, right? Food is a huge export for Geb. And I'm, right. I was sitting there and I'm thinking, I just don't understand why Geb would grab her. I mean, maybe he just had the hots for her or something. And then I was like, no, wait a second. And this came to me before, before the episode, but he grabs her because if and when Tarbafon gets free, because this is when he grabs, the time when he grabs her, he, he's striking a blow back at, at the, at last wall, kind of a smack you back in the face. But he also grabs Arasni as an insurance policy, right? He's got an angle. Tarbafon's probably going to get free at some point. He makes Arasni undead so that Arasni's around. And if Tarbafon gets loose, Arasni seems like she's still compelled to go after him for one reason or another. So he's either brought her back the way he brought back Fallen Stag. Right. And, you know, turn, you know, I hate Tarbafon, going to kill him first chance I get kind of thing. Or he's left the geese in place. I mean, we don't know what that is, but she's going after him, right? Well, she's a queen of Geb. That's been made known worldwide. I'm like, what do you think the world's going to think of Geb, the country, if Tarbafon gets free and then the queen of Geb blows him, blows up Tarbafon and puts an end to him? No, oh, it's a PR thing. I think so. I mean, look, Lastwall's never going to like him. And he's already given them the finger in the face and smacked him around and whatnot. So they're not going to like him, but everybody else is going to be like, hey, you know, the Queen of Geb put that 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 really nasty lich down. She's okay, you know, or at least Geb's okay. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be running up to hug her in the streets, okay? (laughs) But I'm saying overall, if you're looking for... Uh, if you have to have an undead country as a neighbor or a country you have to deal with, are you going to deal with Verilich or are you going to deal with Geb? And you're going to deal with Geb. And especially if Geb is doing things to keep living people alive, because killing Tarbafon keeps, you know, destroying Tarbafon, destroying the Lich, 
that keeps living people alive. That, you know, seems like he kind of has a in positive interest in your direction. I'm just saying. Yeah, I get that. You know, that could I think that could swing a few countries to say, yeah, we don't need to worry about Geb. Now, I don't know what his long-term plan is. I don't know why he would need such an insurance policy. I don't know why he would plan for that and then just put it in his pocket and keep it there for whatever it is. What, a thousand years, 900 years, whatever it is. I think 900. I think that's what it was. Yeah, it's, I, it's a long time and it's a long time to put it in your pocket. So I don't know what his he's, long he's game a, is. He's undead. 900 years to him is, is nothing. Like that's right. okay. That was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I hear you. But I mean, it's also, you know, he hasn't changed his country much in 900 years. So whatever he's up to is a really long, slow play. Right. Which for him could be, you know, like a normal play, but it just feels long for everyone else. Right. So that's what that's what it's up to. That's what it's all about. It's this it's this careful PR diplomatic maneuver, something or other along those lines that he's got going on. He's thinking ahead and playing moves ahead of the rest of the world, the rest of Galarian. <sighs> yep. Okay. And that said, we know Razni is, you know, racing. She gets enveloped. The PCs feel it come by and then they're in a forest, a jungle. Yeah. I, I don't I, remember I, exactly I, what the layout was. I just assume it's, you know, the afterlife for them. I, I assume they're in, in a, uh, a jungle version of Rossler's coffer. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Or Rossler's That tomb. is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you see three stone barrels or whatever it is five stone barrels oh shit right uh, it would have been so good uh, if he if it would have been it would have been just perfect if, if instead of showing up in whatever forest they're in they show up in a dark cave yeah, and you're, they have you're to in push a dark a space you're in a dark space thing over you push a stone yeah, the, the, the the wall above you Seems to give, and you push it off. Son of a bitch! I'm back in a coffin. <laughs> I would have loved that. It only has to be. It only has to be one room. That would have been just, right. just beautiful. Just, oh, it would have been so oh good. The, oh my the, god, Alex! The trauma. Shame on you. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. Oh god. Yeah. No, they would have screamed and cried in terror. I know. Oh, it would have been so you know, good. Back in Rossler, they, that's what they've been thinking. Oh, shit, another Rossler's coffer. How the hell yeah. did we end up back? That would have been it great. I mean, then, you all you know, they it. could come out and it's whatever the... The yeah, jungle yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but no, God. <laughs> he had forced them to push push a rock off one more time. <laughs> yeah, that would have been awesome. And then, God damn it, oh. that would have been Rossler's coffer in four out of four books. I know. <laughs> oh, Alex, mistakes were made. Oh, shoot. I'm looking forward to the retrospective. All in all, this this had a mighty two thumbs up, 100%, five stars, whatever you want. Great episode, capped off the book. Absolutely. And speaking of capping off the book, we're going to have another interview right now with the voice of Erasne herself. It's a nice uh, bookend to... Uh... Having opened our first episode with her, and to you know, to end with her, it's it's not our last episode, but the last episode of book. Four. Last episode of the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. We're we're not going anywhere. <laughs> no matter whether you want us to or not, <laughs> we're here forever. <laughs> That's right. We're all salt, baby, and we roll some dice. What the hell? <laughs> I think we talk about people rolling dice. I don't think we've we've rolled a single dice on our show. What? All right, so listen up, folks. I'm rolling <laughs> dice right now. I think we should just talk to Michelle. Oh. <laughs> well, you usually do the intros on these, Toast. Yeah, but this was your episode. You recorded the I final I know, but episode. I'm totally lost without you. <sighs> Fine. We're joined once again in, in what uh, I guess comes out to a, a really nice bookend, uh, pun intended, I guess, for, for book four. Uh, Michelle is here again. The voice of Erasne. That was a terrible intro, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think it was a great intro. If you say so, I'll I'll defer to you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got it thrown at you, so that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's nice to just talk to you again. It's been a year. I know. It doesn't feel like it's been a year. This is episode 50, I think, for us? 49? Uh, episode 49. 49, yeah. Plus with the two meanwhiles, it's 51 episodes. 51 so, yeah. episodes, yeah. It's a, It's been a year. 
It's awesome. Which is crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked we got this far. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I haven't had fun. I've had a lot of fun. Not that we haven't had great interviews. We've had great interviews. I'm just <laughs> sort of stunned. Yeah. Hey, you guys had a great idea. I, I thank you. <laughs> what was all Toast's idea? Oh, yeah. Then good job, Toast. It was a great idea. Uh, you're, thank you. <laughs> when I tell people about it, I'm always like, you know, it's like the Talking Dead, but for their podcast. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that that's I'm glad that makes me happy. Yeah, that's our pitch. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't think of a better way to describe it, so that's what I went there, with. There's yeah. there's no better way because any of the other stuff that we could possibly do, like it's like the Ready Room hosted by Will Wheaton or something, would be so nerdy <laughs> and would be ob- so obscure that nobody would know what it is. The but only... Talking Dead is, or uh, yeah, Walking Dead and Talking Dead is so ubiquitous. Uh, mainstream ubiquitous is a great word i i um, i could tell them what i actually based it off of but i don't think anyone would get that it's an obscure reference <laughs> right you're you're the west wing podcast yeah 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 i yeah so, i don't get that one or the one that richter mentioned so <laughs> it's okay it's totally all right totally mm-hmm. all right you got to be a big I star trek nerd know, and, and have paramount plus yeah i at least know who will wheaton <laughs> is but mostly because of big bang theory i'm not gonna lie <laughs> That just makes it better, honestly. That does make it better. That does make it better. So what was it like picking up Erasne? Because I think it's been, it hasn't been the whole season. She did She did a little bit in between, right? There was yeah. a, a, a dream-ish sequence where she gave him the spike. That's right. The dream sequence with the spike. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, this is back to that big talking, though. I mean, I mean, you pretty well dominate the episode. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. And I was pretty sick when i had to record this one and i was just miserable like (laughs) when matt texted me and thanked me for doing it because i needed to do it by a certain date because he you know he had i don't know an appointment or whatever so he needed to do it by that day and he's like thanks for doing it he must have been able to tell in the recording and i was just like no seriously i just felt like garbage it had nothing to do with you (laughs) 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 i'm like no worries at all and because i was sick I was reading this crazy speech on my phone and like I get it's like all written out what everybody says and then my stuff is in bold and I'm just trying to read it and my eyes are just like not cooperating and I just had to keep stopping and going I don't know what's happening right now (laughs) (laughs) and Alex is just staring at me like oh my god (laughs) but it was my own fault for procrastinating for so long because I mean I knew I had to do it for like ever and I just get really stuck in my head because, one, I don't like the way I sound. I think I mentioned this before, so I won't listen to the episodes with me in it. And You, you, you did mention this before. But, like, <laughs> he's so particular that I'll get all wrapped up in my head and just be like, I'm going to do it wrong, or he's not going to like it, or I don't know if I practice enough, or mm. what if I say that word wrong, or, you know, just something like that. And then I just avoid doing it for too long. <laughs> I, you know, I do that with editing I, this I podcast. Think... <laughs> oh, I'm well, sorry, no, toast. I know. I just I procrastinate. I, oh, I put it off. Well, okay. Yeah, I put it off until like I'm less sorry. Sunday night. <laughs> I'm less sorry. And we'll go so long without doing them that I'm like, wait, I didn't do a voice like a voice voice for this one. I think I just talked. Right. What if it sounds different? What if I sound stupid? And, you know, just that evil spiral. And then I do it. And well, I feel now, better. wait a second. Wait a second. I want you to remember something whenever you start thinking maybe Alex won't like it. You know, maybe I'll sound stupid or whatever it is. I want you to remember one thing. What? You can never sound dumber than Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's he has already dropped the bomb. You know, she was past her prime. She was over 30. The, the 35, 35, whatever he said. You better bet when he turned 35, I threw that in his face so many times. (laughs) Oh, I did too online. He did too. Yeah, he was telling me about it. And I was like, well, truth hurts, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I said, (sighs) He goes, so wait, when you're 35, you're going to be past your prime? I was like, no, because that's that's, that's baloney works. and you know it. He goes, then why am I past my prime? I'm like, because you're the one who's dumb enough to say it. <laughs> exactly. So just conjure up that conjure up that memory. That's true. And just remember, you cannot be that dumb. It's it's never going to happen. <laughs> true. I'll, I'll remember that. Although I don't know if I'm going to be doing any more voices. So might be a while. <laughs> Uh, I, oh, I, I have I, faith. Yeah, I think Resny will be back. Yeah, I, I can think of at least well, one more thing I need to record, but I don't know if there's any. I don't know. He, he keeps stuff kind of hush hush, even with me. So. Yeah. Oh, does he? Really? Yeah. 
Okay. The thing I have to record next, he wrote like six months ago, though. So he put a lot of thought into it. So that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to do it the other day when I recorded this one. I was all nervous. I'm like, what if what if he, he worked so hard? I'm Oh, Is, I wonder if that's the, the cutscene. I want, yeah, the cutscene for the uh, opening of the book scene. five. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. oh, that's gonna be so cool. Be exciting. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. That's gonna be so cool. Yeah. Oh, major cool. Yeah. Hopefully, I uh, I heard that one of the other wives might be doing a voice coming forward, though. What? Yes. That's uh, uh, I didn't Crystal, hear this. Matt's yeah. wife, I think. I didn't hear yeah. this. Yes. No. No. Matt has shared that a couple times yeah. that he's been talking to her trying to get it, but it, it was always, he wants her to do it, but I, I hadn't heard anything like it's happening or it sounded like it was going to happen. This is the most encouraging news about I mean, it I've Alex heard. Told to, me so I would have shared to it. to do it. And I said, oh, cool. Oh, well, see, and now he, we need, that he was just to trying to figure out how to go about it because he sits with me and we do everything like he's sitting right next to me. So he's like, I don't know how we'll do it. Like, obviously, she'll do it at her house. He goes, am I going to be on the phone with her? If she's got questions. He goes, we got to hash that stuff out. And I was like, cool. And I think when he told me he was nervous, I'd like be upset or something. <laughs> oh. I was just like, no, that's kind of awesome. You're not using me. Right. <laughs> am I past my prime again? <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> But no, it's oh. uh, it's exciting. Well, that's book. okay. Our our podcast has you know got all the guys on. We've had some other guests, and now we're trying to work our way through the guys' significant others. Nice. We got please, you. Please don't say we're it that way. On, we're we're working on uh, Crystal, obviously, because apparently she's going to do this. My wife is going to be getting interviewed. Nice. Yes. So Are you going to try to catch uh, Joe's wife? Uh, yeah, absolutely. She's pretty. She's but, cool. You know. <laughs> Is she really? All the wives are cool. I, I don't. I, oh, mean, I didn't. I didn't mean it like. Okay, it's not <laughs> I how I meant it. Every, everything I've heard, she's she's way cool. I mean, she's married. And she to married Joe. Joe, so she has to be a certain level of cool yeah. to handle that. I feel like if, uh, significant others of anybody in this uh, party would have to be pretty cool people. That's that is true. Yeah, because you know, there's just like a certain level of nerd. That you have to be, <laughs> or at least a certain level. Or that tolerant you have to, of yes, tolerant. That was the the word I wanted. Yeah. Either way, I mean, even if you're tolerant of it, I just feel like you're just gonna get lost in the in the I can't the right. fold there. You gotta you gotta have a touch of nerd yourself to really fit in. <laughs> I, I think it's more than a touch. I, I think it's almost like it's a you know infectious contagious yeah. disease. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Nerdism is a disease. Don't tell them that. They'll yeah, try to a, cure it. You know, it's a TD, a transmitted disease. Hey, they can't cure nerdism. It's too fantastic. There's all, you know. <laughs> I would say I'm equally as nerdy as Alex, but in a completely different way. So, you know. Like, it's, like it's, how? What are you nerdy spectrum. about? I'm not what, what? into, like, I don't know, this stuff. But I'm I'm That's like fun. a, I'm, I like it, but I've always been like a book nerd and uh i love books a history nerd like that's what i went to college for originally and so i'm just constantly reading i i like to call myself an an encyclopedia of random facts because i also have a really strange memory and with the amount of crap i can remember and it's just stuff that nobody needs needs to remember but i remember it (laughs) and it's like that's my version of me being nerdy like yeah i read this article published by this professor like eight years ago and it had this line in it And I thought it was really cool about this random thing that happened in like 1344. And Alex is just like, why? My my brain remembers the weirdest things. I could (laughs) not tell you what I did a week ago, but I could walk you. I could draw you a map of my preschool. That's right. I I don't know why my brain decided to retain that. It's so cool, though. I love having a brain like that. Embrace it, Toast. (laughs) Yeah. Embrace my brain. Yeah. Sometimes it makes me feel sad, though. <laughs> That's true. But then I go into my fountain of crazy, useless facts and try to pluck out the funny ones to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You know, whatever. <laughs> like, you, like you do. So the question I have, or another question that I have is, are you sad to see Arasni go? Yeah. Is, Despite as, everything you got attached to him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not even that. I just really love it. And, like, I don't, like I said, I, I like this stuff. I definitely do. I, like, Alex ran a, a one-shot for a group of us a few months ago, and I had a lot of fun. But I like seeing the passion he puts into it. 
And then I, I have always liked voice acting. I kind of used to want to be a voice actor. So it was just cool to be able to do this, especially with something that means so much to him and like to be part of the group. And she's just such a cool character. Like I reached out to a tattoo artist to see about maybe getting one of the versions of her as a tattoo because I was like, I just really want to like solidify that and how important it was to us and how cool it was. That's so cool. And I haven't figured it out yet, but I still would love to do it. And which which version? Uh, I can't. He would know. I don't know. I have it saved on my phone <laughs> somewhere. But I don't. It, she's kind of like purpley. And oh yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, and it's just it was so cool, and I wanted to like tweak it a little bit, but use that as the like the base. And mm-hmm. he was just like, "You want to do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah," because she's freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I just I, oh, I love her. <laughs> I like her a lot. She's she's really unique i think she's she's really nicely done for a villain mm-hmm. is she a villain in uh in an ap and i'm going off of villain because she's undead yeah she's neutrally evilly aligned and you know that kind of puts her in the villain category I... but mm-hmm. she's really neatly done in that they give her some super strong motivations to do what she does mm-hmm. and then based on everything that's happened to her what she's doing seems to run in direct opposition to that, which is is pretty cool. Yeah, like it's not always villainous. She doesn't come off per se as a villain, like textbook. Yeah, she's a villain for all the reasons you just said. But right. And then I, I don't know. I just had a, a fun time trying to figure out how to portray her impatience and her snark, I guess. <laughs> and I would just like ask him, is this OK? Because I don't know. I just feel like I would want to do this. And I just kind of related with her. Like at one point, I forgot what it was for because I don't know. I have the world's worst memory when it comes to <laughs> certain things, like you said. But I was like, I just feel like she would be laying, sitting in the chair with like her feet over the one arm and just like hand behind her head, just like ugh, whatever <laughs> for that situation. <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, that could work. Yeah, I. Yeah, I. I. Uh, we had. I forget which episode we got into it about her, where we really got into like her backstory. Mm-hmm. And I was especially talking about there's some pretty adult themes in there because yeah. it's there's some strong parallels to at, at least as Alex and the guys have, you know, the podcast has portrayed it. I assume that the core of that is in the AP and that Alex has fleshed that out as he's described to us a couple yeah. times uh, in other parts. But, you know, she's you know, been, been raped, you know, in quotes. Yeah. Uh, she's, you know, been enslaved. There's, you know, just there's super strong themes about her. And it would seem that the thing to do would be to torch the hell out of those folks that let that happen to her, that didn't take care of her and abused her in the first place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, really, you know, no, it's, I got to get Tarbaffon off the table. That's why I, mean, I my like money her. says. I know, I know. It's she's she's neat. Her motivations are super deep. Yeah, and it makes you like and, not uh, care about her alignments and all that other stuff. It's just like, girl, get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's already. Uh, well, I I put her up on the level of God. Maybe that's not where they have her in the game exactly, but I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. But that to to me, she's already up on that level. And when you get up as as a God, your alignment isn't. Your alignment is a suggestion. <laughs> it's what you tend to do most of the time. It's not your defining code. I mean, Alex is right. now and sitting for... right behind me, if you want me to ask him. He did end up coming down here. <laughs> of course he did. Oh, did he? Oh, now, I, now I would have now put he's babysitting money again. that he would have come down here for this. He could not <laughs> leave it alone. Is a Razzie a god? Um, that's a big question. <laughs> did you hear him <laughs> yeah i i heard it's a good question he said that's yeah. a big it's question. a big question <laughs> oh a big question did big she question. lose her spark of divinity when she died toast asked if she lost her spark of divinity when she died she wasn't a god to begin with as i understand it no but she was made a demigod Hello. okay so she all right i take it back she was Hello. so <laughs> arasni was a folks demigodus. we're being crashed here michelle has been when pushed she aside fought by Alan. okay so uh, Arasni was a uh, a demigoddess. Um, okay. When she fought Tarbaphon uh, nine hundred years ago. Okay, got it. Upon being brought back as a lich, she was a. I think the terminology that you would specifically use for Paizo is quasi god, which is 
if you are looking at mythic powers, you can you can take abilities that say that you get two like you pick two domains and subdomains and anybody who worships you actually gets spells from those domains as clerics, but only up to like like third level spells. Mm-hmm. But then you can take the the ability like t- like two or three more times and when it's fully loaded, you are granting up to ninth level spells as a cleric and all that stuff. You are not on the the level of like an imperial lord or an archdevil at that point in terms of like your narrative oomph. Mhm. It's, it's but like the spark to that is extent, still there. Yes. Uh you're okay, still so you're... you're still considered to wield like mortal magic like uh, I was actually I there's a a quote from I think James Jacobs the like the like director of Paizo. Yep. yep. Um said that uh, such a character, like a level twenty mythic tier ten character, would be subject to like an anti magic field, but a demigod like uh, uh like Mephistopheles, an archdevil, would not be subject to an anti magic field. Because anti magic fields specifically say deities cannot be shut down by moral magic like that. Mm, okay. So Arasni is, you could say, everything but a demigoddess. Everything except the title. Everything except the title, and you can shut her down with anti-magic, but you probably don't want to. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, let me see if Michelle's still around. You're hilarious. Thank you. Oh my god. There you go, you got your answer. We, we didn't. How does it feel to be a not-quite-demigoddess? <laughs> Um, awesome, because that's way cooler than I am in real life. Nah, you're super cool. I've met you. You're you're that cool. <laughs> you're leaving? I was shocked that you. I saw you walking out. <laughs> My babysitter's gone, guys. Let's talk smack. No. <laughs> He'll have to figure out what we said uh, when he listens. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm glad that he was able to explain that, because I had no idea. Even though he's explained that exact thing to me before, I did not retain it. Uh, it's okay it's it's an it's kind of an esoteric point because it it says yeah she's a demigod but this little subset of conditions apply to her that wouldn't apply to a uh a normal demigod or something Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a little little fuzzy guess that's why she's a quasi god or whatever he called it Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know they got you know he got real technical there and my brain just went different terms while he was talking (laughs) Like elevator music, and I try not to do that because it's really interesting. But he's he just loses me with that stuff. <laughs> so he's talking, and you just hear elevator music. Sometimes I swear, and I'm like trying so hard to listen, and I'm just like, okay, this is really flipping cool. Pay attention, and then when I go back into the vault, so to speak, to like remember what he said to me, I swear all I can hear is like, and I'm like, dang it! Like, why can't I, I can retain the most random stuff, and I never remember that. <laughs> well, maybe it's because you know he's going to tell you over and over and over again. And he really enjoys telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So see, it's like you hear it for the first time every time. That probably thrills him. And I'll just like he'll be talking about it, I'm like, ooh, ooh, I remember that part. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if he looked annoyed, I would probably figure out a way to remember it better. Although I've tried and have been very unsuccessful and it's not just the pathfinder stuff there's a bunch of things that i do that with but he just gets like this this look of joy when he's just like "Ooh, i can talk about it so <laughs> i don't feel bad yeah no i i i love that about you too that you're that he can go on and on about his things that he likes and you're just as passionate to let to listen to him it's it's adorable and i have to stop him and go i'll go ah oh, what does that mean? And then we'll go on a 10 minute tangent about that. And I'm just like, okay, cool. And then he'll go, where did we leave off? <laughs> and he goes, you do know this would be a lot easier if you just listen to the podcast. And I'm just like, I just like it when you tell me. Exactly. I have, I have firsthand. Yeah. The summation is so much better. It is. Plus hearing it from his perspective is, is fun. <laughs> I should listen to you guys. You, could. I'll get a, well, you should listen to us. Like another per- we're awesome. perspective, too. Like all these recaps. And then I could just be like, oh, you don't need to tell me. Uh, <laughs> Richter and Toast. You'd got have me. Cliff's notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would require me to remember to do that. Oh, oh man. That'll make oh, it funny man. when you can <laughs> say that. And... It is funny. 
the corresponding episode for that. You should be like, do y'all get it now? <laughs> well, we recorded that one last night. You can add it. Yeah, yeah we to recorded it. it last night based on is the one that dropped the give me the cliff notes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. He he's like, well, well, here's the cliff notes version. I'm like, that implies that cliff notes exist in Galarian, and how does that work? <laughs> is there just a dude named Cliff, and these are his notes? <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. So I picked it up and said there's actually a Pathfinder Venture Captain named Cliff, and he likes to keep loose-leaf notes on various subjects. <laughs> so they're Cliff's notes. Can he be an NPC? Like, we gotta we gotta do this. <laughs> yes. I, talk to Alex. I'm all about putting NPCs in. I mean, I actually pitched the theory even that, you know, Nessie could be back. You know, the... the <laughs> spiteful ex-girlfriend of Tarbafon has now come to get her, you know, pound of flesh. That would be hilarious. But, uh, you should, you and, should, and you should do her voice too when she shows up. Oh God. Oh, please. That would be so awesome. If you awesome. talk him into it, I would be game. <laughs> well, Nessie's already appeared. Nessie's already appeared in the, in the thing, you know, pining away for Tarbafon. Why did you, why did you abandon me? Why did you cut me loose? One thing I will say is one that I've been pushing him for is I think it would be cool if all of the females in the show, like next one that they run, had a voiceover, regardless of how insignificant the NPC is. I mean, oh, that would be awesome. I said, I know it's a lot for Matt, but how freaking cool would that be? And that would like, be awesome. Like, literally anybody can do it. They could get, it could be a, like a thing they could do for like a, on Patreon or just like a, a prize for a contest. You get to do a quick cameo as a female NPC. Like, they don't even need the rest of the information about it. Like, you get two lines, you have to send the recording, and they put it in. You know what I mean? That would be awesome. And he, I think he's it's awesome. not super game on it. And I think it's because it would be so complicated. But I'm it, just like, it, there's some complications to it. You don't have to do it like every episode, but like. No. And I'm like, just how often does that really happen? And I could just do them. I have all kinds of crazy voices I can do. I said, or if Crystal gets involved and enjoys it, maybe she'll just be able to throw a line here or there at Matt. I said it well, would just be between fun. the two of you. I mean, you guys could pick the different voices, do it. Hell, get Ariel involved. That's what I'm saying. Or like, and I said to him, I was like, you know how much our children would love to be able to do that if there's any ever any ever uh any oh kids my. oh my god that would be great i said we've got well, the two little kids. girls and said uh, you, or you could matt and crystal's oh son god. aiden might like to do a line here or there i said i know it's a huge pain in the butt but if we bring in more people to play npcs it'll just bring this whole new dynamic to your podcast yeah and especially when you have those those big exchanges like you have you know, there was uh, Razni doing when she first appears in the can't remember the name of that fort place, but yeah. where she's holed up. That was huge. But I mean, you go back, there's like Sito giving a speech. There's so and so having yeah. a and like, thing you have. If it's easier to have the, the wives do that. OK, fine, because we're right here. We can do it. But just like do or the or our kids, like you said. But for like the little quick things like, hey, watch it like you could do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like bring in cameos to like spice it up. <laughs> oh yeah. I think it would be great. Especially when the, I also, I think it would be, it would be super cool. Uh, and what I was thinking with the kids is that they could do like gnomes or halflings, yes. <laughs> right? They're, well, you know, smaller folk. Right. We, we think no, of them, like I it. think is having like higher pitch slightly voices. squeakier voices, higher pitch voices. Yeah. yeah. But you could also, with that, you wouldn't have to get every street vendor, but you could you could hit. Hey, this character is going to be important for a little bit. Yeah, or you and know now, you're going to now see the him audience again. is clued in because there's a voice. Yeah, and our older daughter, she's like all into acting now. She did the play this year. She would think that was the coolest thing ever to be able to help him with that. I mean, especially oh, yeah, you know when she gets involved with. You know, dads, I hesitate to call it a hobby because they're making money off of it. But side hustle? Sure. No, I don't want to call it that either. I would still call it a hobby because, I mean, yeah, they make money off of it. But, like, nobody really reaps any kind of benefit from it other than to be able to keep the podcast afloat. So it's That's not fair. like they're making money, you know? Right. None of them can, can quit They're not their losing jobs. money. <laughs> no. So this way they can make sure they have good microphones and they can travel and go do the stuff like they did at Purdue. And, Which was you know, cool. keep it afloat happily. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. That's that's I've suggested that a couple of times and I've never really gotten any hard. Well, you know, here's here's what I'm going to suggest. I, I think you mentioned that in your your 
alter ego when you're not a Razni or McTana. <laughs> yeah. That you are some kind of labor organizer. Yes. And I would think get the wives together, get the kids with you, and then go, bam, guys, we want this. <laughs> Seriously, I said, we need to have some bonfires again this summer. And I was going to bring it up around the guys. And I wouldn't mind doing something like that Friday before Phantom Fest, like having everybody over and I can bother people then. (laughs) I I, I can help you with that. I'll be there. Yeah, I know. You could be like, seriously, it's not a bother. (laughs) You just let them know that that I'm 100 percent behind it. I'm signing on with the winning team right now. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. Because people talk about how the podcasts, like the uh, the the groups that have girls in them tend to do better just because of A, B, and C or whatever. He's like, I don't know what it is, but when there's girls in the group, they t- those ones tend to do better. I don't know if it's just because there's a different dynamic or what. I think. And I said, okay, of- so you guys aren't going to have that, but you can make yours unique by doing this. <laughs> Yeah, I think it it helps because I would imagine a lot of the people that listen to this skew male. Not everybody, obviously, but I think it would be a higher percentage. And so it's nice to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Girls are are awesome is what it boils down to. Girls are awesome. And guys think girls are awesome. And so you get a, you know, a girl in a podcast or a gaming group and guys think, huh, girl. Yeah, and then I, girls think girls are awesome, too, because it's like, I'm listening to all of these dudes talk, and then you're like, oh, girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, I'm I'm with you. No, I think that'd be a great addition. I think it would add a, uh, it would certainly add a level up on the production mm-hmm. yeah. to, like, the theatrical type aspect, and there's, there, you know, that's a strong part of the role playing. It doesn't have to be, like, you know, a uh, full-on you know, change it from what it is an actual play to the thing, but adding that extra little level to the role playing segments that you can would, would be amazing. Yeah. And we don't have to go as like, it doesn't have to be as big as I suggested, but I think even just like sprinkling it in would just make a huge difference and it would be fun. Oh yeah. It would be a blast. It it would, I I think it would be a blast. It would add a, a, a lot of depth to it. Right. Because you're you're listening and you're hearing the same voices over and over, and, and Alex does different voices for different people sometimes. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, he he has his voice and and he tries he tries to do different voices, and that's great. But like to just have just different voices, like really gives the audio a bunch of extra depth that you wouldn't that we're you know not normally getting. It's just such a pleasant surprise. It's like, oh, what was that? Yeah. And nobody else does it. I don't know of anyone else that brings in, you know, that's actually doing like an actual play and then takes the time to bring in somebody to play different characters and to to voice them to give it that little bit of extra, you know. And there might be a that... bunch of us that are good at doing different voices that are going to will be able to pitch in or for all we know one of the members of the group is really good at that and it's just not something that they usually do but Mm -hmm. they could start doing voices for random npcs and you'd never even know it was nick or you'd never even know it was tom or whatever yeah and yeah they had tom i think it's a great idea i mean this is a throwback to skull and shackles but they had tom play i think it was the whale back in like book one and i'm not sure if he did an extra voice for it but it was i remember it being no it was joe that played the whale i I told you i can't keep him straight Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it was Joe that was that uh, was playing. The I whale. think it was because I think Helmet had died the episode before. Yes, and you know, I don't think he did a different voice, but it was hilarious and it was different, right? And they hadn't been going for that long at that point, but it was still the dynamic was different enough that's like, ooh, this is exciting. Yeah, and-, and it's it adds something to it when you bring somebody in, even at a regular table, to play a specific character monster whatever just because you want to give that particular character or monster their own independent you know operator so they're doing things within the rules but they have different reasons for doing it other than what you as a game master have concocted you know and it's not like they they haven't changed voices before they've you know altered alex's voice before to have him sound different yeah no that's i absolutely 
And it can just, just change the dynamic of the character a little bit too, because like I said before, he and I had like a different idea on how certain things should be said for both McTana and Erasne mm-hmm. and being able to bounce that off of each other and then make slight changes that may not have happened if I wasn't doing the voice. And I'm not saying it was definitely for the better, but sometimes it could be. And you wouldn't get those things. You wouldn't get those differences or those changes or tweaks to personalities of characters if you're not bringing in other people. Yeah. I I think everything that you have done has been for the better. Oh, obviously. I, it's just... Well, thank you. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It was a blast when I heard a different voice when McTana first appeared back in book one. And it was fantastic when you played Erasne in this book. Everything about it has been wonderful and and using more folks to do those kinds of things would be, in my opinion, a super smart move on their part. I think it would bring them to a different level that they're looking for. Like they want to grow. I think that would be a really great way to do it by making themselves that unique. Yeah, it definitely would set it apart from from the others. It's like we have actual NPCs. They're their own people. Like we get voices for it. And yeah, Matt is going to maybe end up having to do more editing. So maybe get someone so to don't help us, or, or I don't know. That's what I mean. Like if it's something that the group is like definitely into, more people could offer to learn how to do editing and more people can get involved. And like, because I'm just envisioning, no offense, but a lot of these just to me would sound the same. So it's just like, oh, I want a new Pathfinder podcast or I want a new just that theme podcast. And But it's like, okay, these guys are cool, but it's. It's just always the same dynamic. And then when you do this instead, somebody listens to it and goes, oh, my God, these guys are totally different. I don't feel like I'm just listening to just another podcast, like another Pathfinder playthrough. And no, I think it I think it, it, it would definitely put them in a niche. Yeah. And it would be one that they've created that really pulls them out of the stuff. Because a lot of the honestly, the lot of the things for me, uh, you know, the reason when I first found them. I just basically was like, I, I want another pirate, you yep, know, that's thing. What I, was I just, for. Skull and Shackles had just ended for me m- at my table. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not ready to let go of it yet. So I went looking, hoping somebody had a Skull and Shackles podcast. And, you know, I listened to theirs and I, I like the, the personalities. And so that's where I, I stayed with it. And it got, you know, better. The sound was, got much improved. I mean, to the point that they've ruined me as far as podcasts <laughs> go. If you don't have good sound, I just don't have any, I can't even get through an episode anymore. And like back then I was like, I'm going to do like three episodes and see what it is. Cause I'm trying to get through all the, you know, the early episode jitter stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't even have patience for that anymore. <laughs> it's like, if you're not coming to the table prepared, I don't even want to hear your stuff. Yeah. So they and, have that uh, going for them. Why not make it cooler? <laughs> exactly. Well, right. I mean, you know, like I said, this, this to me kicks them up a notch. It levels up the production. It pushes it to another thing. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's absolutely a deal. And if if you're excited to do it, if Crystal's excited to do it, if you know you can get the kids excited to do it, and then maybe you can suck in Ariel too or whoever, I think you guys should, you know, bring the hammer down on the boys and tell them this is the way they're gonna do it. <laughs> I just I personally. I had so much fun and like I said, even though I got so hyped up over it or stressed over it, like afterwards just knowing and like hearing people's reactions is just like oh wow that's what makes it worth it mm-hmm. and i feel like it would just be fun for the rest of the group anybody else who wants to get involved and contribute to just be able to do that and it's not even like to get your like a pat on the back kind of thing it's just to know that you were part of making something better or making something more fun yeah it's just like yeah a, totally like a, You're making, wow, that's awesome it's one of the reasons that i really enjoy doing this podcast it's like some people don't care for it and that's fine and some people are like it's funny and that's one of the reasons i enjoyed doing it it's like well somebody likes it yeah if you can make one person's day brighter then you did a good job so it it, that's that's one of the reasons that i like doing this one it's it's a lot of fun so yes uh they you guys (laughs) i know you're listening you should totally do this yeah absolutely 100 percent. i mean you had the perfect (laughs) opportunity in war for the crown you could have released the last episode with me and Richter doing the voices of our apparent guards <laughs> who never spoke <laughs> so we actually did do those voiceovers oh, yeah. don't you remember they could have right. just made you guys just be, like make grunting noises I'm just like right right because hey. I, 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 <laughs> I totally yeah, listened whatever. to War for the Crown mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm 
totally I'm totally oh, caught up on that. No, one. War for the Crown. War for the Crown would be an excellent one to do that with because you have uh Honora Piscum, you have Dame Crab, you have there's there's a bunch of women in it. Mm-hmm. Female yeah. characters in it for sure. And there's also a bunch of other characters that would be worth throwing a voice on because they, you know, might be coming back and stuff like that. And that I mean, one me, involves Talbot. Yep. Like you could even bring Talbot's wife in on it. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Talbot's in there too. Yeah. It's it's uh it's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. I I that one I enjoy I enjoy that AP too, but it's it's radically different. <laughs> Although right now the main thing I enjoy about that one is that the PCs, the party, they're just glorified bandits. <laughs> That's all they are. <laughs> I know nothing about that podcast. I listen to their live recordings sporadically, but I haven't actually caught up on the episodes, so I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think you know more than me, Toast, so don't feel bad. <laughs> I know what Richter has told me. Well, I try to make sure I keep up on what's going on with this one, so I never ask about that one. So I get little bits and pieces there, here and there after they do the recordings. Mm-hmm. Oh, this happened or that happened. And not I, that I don't care. I just right. That one might actually focus be on making sure I keep up on this one. <laughs> that one might actually be easier for them to do the extra voices if they wanted to like start somewhere because they're monthly. So yeah, they'd have more time to edit. Right. True. Yeah, it, it sounds good to me. You could certainly do a test run in a book or just decide to do a test run for part of mm-hmm. it and, you know, see how that goes. Yeah. and if they... Yeah, I love it. I'm glad we've settled this for the podcast. <laughs> They're going to listen to this and be like, what did she do? <laughs> what did we just agree to? She had the nerve to tell Richter and Toast we're never going to hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It warms my heart to hear that telling me means it. You know, it's never going to die. Mm-hmm. No, if you guys think it's important, you're going to, you know, Hammer remember that home. one time? It's like, uh, whatchamacallit, American Pie, that one time at band camp? <laughs> like you bring it up in three months. Hey, you remember that one time on Dice one and Salt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I think we've made it, Toast. We're, we're a meme. We are a meme. Of American Pie. I, I am a meme. <laughs> Hey, you never truly make it until you can make a meme of yourself, right? No. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it sounded good. <laughs> it absolutely does. You got any more questions, Toast? Oh, man. Anything else you want to ask? I mean, it's just a blast to talk to you, Michelle. It's just, it's, it's totally fun to get the perspective beside or parallel to the podcast. Yeah. I'm glad you guys enjoy listening to me blabber <laughs> on. <laughs> it, it's, oh, it's, it's always, it's fun. awesome. My babysitter's back, so he can help me make sure I don't mess it up. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, he's back. We've we've uh, determined the future of your podcast for you, Allie. <laughs> he can't hear you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's even better. What? No response. Silence is acceptance. It's valid. <laughs> Just cut that part out where I said he can't hear you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's funny. What have we done? He's going to listen to this. I, I, I can't decide if I want to tell him what we were talking about because <laughs> he keeps like looking at me like. What did you do? When he first came down, he goes, oh, you're making business decisions now, are you? And I was just like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I might want to make him wait for the episode. <laughs> rather Ooh. Than tell him. <laughs> Let him stew. I say that. I will not be able to hold that in. All I do is tell him myself. That's, oh, that's my God. fine. I'm, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> I was well trained as a child to not be able to lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, it's not lying. Um, it's just withholding information. I was lectured on many of an occasion about lying by omission. <laughs> Look, lying by omission, <laughs> lying, all those things are predicated on that deception, doing something wrong, benefiting you in some way. True which is selfish, right? But if you notice, if you lie by omission and it does something good, True. like causes, you know, the Russians to lose in Ukraine, then it's like, oh, hey, we do it again. <laughs> so it's all a matter of... So we're comparing me not telling Alex about what we discussed to <laughs> helping the Russians. Taking, the, taking down the Russians, exactly. Yeah, so it's hold strong <laughs> for Ukraine. So when I fail, do I have to feel bad? <laughs> well, yeah, because Ukraine's lost them. Oh, Come on it, now. Guys, you don't know what I... I'm not going to be able to handle that kind of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You know, every time you want to tell him, just look at him and think, past her prime over 35. Uh, I'll try. Because I, I bet you, I bet you that'll kick in. You'll be like, oh, hell no. Let's see if I can make it past tonight. Because <laughs> he's already giving me this look every time I turn around and look at him. So. Uh, he knows me too well. well. Then... <laughs> Dang it. Just tell him you love him. Yeah, I can just pull that love you. <laughs> just put put the eyes on him. You know, you just just hit him with the eyes. Yeah, I don't know. He seems pretty intrigued. I don't know if it'll work. Oh my god, he's doing the like above the glasses glare at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alex. Oh, Alex. <laughs> well, I, I'll let you know how long I last. <laughs> How long you hold out? In the chat. If you don't get a message tonight, it will be a miracle. <laughs> well, let's pray for that miracle. Ukraine needs it. Let's pray for it. <laughs> oh okay, how about you take us out now? Well, Michelle, oh, you want me to take failed. us out? <laughs> oh. No. All right. Well, I had fun, guys. It was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. Always fun having you here. It is a blast. And I can't wait to see you next month. Uh, yay! Yay! You sounded <laughs> hesitant on that one, and I am sad now. <laughs> no, I um wasn't sure if I needed to sneeze or not, and then I was like, if I speak, <laughs> and then I'm like, just react, or they're gonna think you hate them. <laughs> so no, I'm very excited. I think it'll be fun. It will be fun. <laughs> and that does it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lord Richter. And I'm Lady Toast. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh. Start, again. Start over. Okay. <laughs> I have the headphones now. Oh. Okay. I have officially hijacked this interview. <laughs> Damn it! When you do that, you're supposed to do it in the Tarbafon Hold voice. Because that's who's supposed to correct us. Okay. All right, Michelle's gone. Now it's just us. I've locked the door. Okay. So, uh, we, okay, we can start recording now, right? Absolutely. Yes. I love that no one's going to get that until the week after. Or two weeks after. <laughs> yeah.